Budget 2020 was a glittering splash of cash, and rightly so, given the economic state in the wake of a continuing pandemic. Like all budgets, though, not everyone is shown the money. But small business, largely, did come up trumps for government spending. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Last week's federal budget outlined the government's vision to create jobs and to slowly steer us out of recession and back to surplus after the devastating impact of COVID-19. Our mega-billion-dollar debt levels are scary, of course, but let's be honest, there's little that us humble human beings can do about that. More importantly, for the here and now, let's focus on the practical details from the budget that impact directly on our businesses – And according to tax expert and superannuation and business advisory partner at Mazar, Michael Jones, there are massive incentives to take on new staff and to spend. Michael takes Heather Dawson through the key measures in a moment. First, he assesses the broader picture. Yes, well, you know, the pandemic has caused COVID-19 business shutdowns and drastic economic uncertainty. And it's clear that the government, with its budget, has responded with turbocharged incentives focused on encouraging businesses to hire workers and buy new equipment. Now, the the government obviously wants to give business confidence to spend. And for many businesses, you know, that are facing like a 90% fall in revenue and practically zero customers, these businesses will be very cautious about spending. However, for other businesses not so dramatically and adversely affected by the pandemic, well, this budget provides opportunities that they need to properly consider. The budget, you know, it aims to give appropriate businesses the confidence to spend. But make no mistake, these tax incentives are extraordinary. I've never seen such large tax incentives. It's important, then, to understand how these significant incentives will work for your particular business circumstances. Okay, so what are the key features of the budget for business owners, Michael? I think in summary, the key features are upfront deductions for new assets, an ability to carry back a loss to offset against a prior year profit, cash assistance for the new employees, I think those three are the key features for business owners. There are some other ones, but these are the ones I see as the key. Okay. Tell us more about the instant deductions for asset purchases. So under this rule, businesses will be able to deduct the full cost of all new capital assets. It applies to assets acquired from budget night and first used or installed by 30 June 2022. It applies to businesses with turnover of less than $5 billion, and it also applies to the cost of improvements to existing eligible assets. So it's a very broad tax incentive. But what, Michael, happens if it's a second-hand asset? Businesses with a turnover up to $500 million can claim a deduction for second-hand goods costing less than $150,000 in a nutshell. The fact is, though, the new outright deductions, these rules do not apply to second-hand assets. 
But the existing outright deduction rules, not the ones in the budget, but ones that have been already in existence, they enable secondhand goods to be claimed in an instant asset write-off. So this is sort of practically an unlimited tax deduction for new assets, is that right? (laughs) Well, you know, in a way it's unlimited. So I guess my answer is yes and no. Yes, there is no cap on the amount that you can spend on new assets. But practically speaking, besides having the money to pay for it, the value of a tax deduction is limited to how much taxable income can be offset. That's the same for any tax deduction. doesn't matter what deductions you've got if you haven't got any taxable income. So normally, if you don't have any taxable income, there's no current value in having a tax deduction. Except here, with this budget, they've introduced a loss carryback rule. And this works to give businesses certainty. They get to know that the cash benefit from the asset purchased can be claimed as a deduction against a prior year profit. And that gives them a tax refund for tax they've already paid. Okay, well, let's move on then and um, hear more about those loss carryback rules. Okay, well, under these rules, companies that have a tax loss in the financial year 20 or 21 or 22 will be able to carry back the loss to the 2019 financial year and later years. So businesses will get a refund out of tax paid in the prior years. Now, this is very useful, but there are some restrictions. The first important one I want to note is that the loss carryback measure is for companies only, and so it will not apply to businesses that carry on as a sole trader or trusts or partnerships. I find that pretty disappointing considering that trusts are a hugely popular structure for family businesses. And for me, it sort of shows that the government maybe is out of touch with that fact, or it may be that they just found it too hard to make the rules. I'm not sure. But the tax benefit will also be limited to the tax that's been paid. For example, if you made $1 million profit in the 2019 financial year and paid $300,000 tax, then in the 20 financial year, you made $1.5 million loss. So the loss is greater than the prior year profit. You cannot go back and get more of a refund than the tax you paid. So in our example, the tax refund will be capped at $300,000, which is, of course, still very useful. (laughs) Are there any other restrictions on the loss carryback rules? There's a couple more that are worth mentioning. First of all, there's no refund of tax if the franking credits have already been used. So, for example, the company's already paid out a fully franked dividend. And the other, I call it a restriction, you need to pay attention to the timing of the cash refund. So the cash will be received as a refundable tax offset on lodgement of the 2021 financial year tax return and the 2022 financial year tax returns. So what that means is that if you carry back a loss in the 2020 financial year, you'll not receive the refund until you lodge your 2021 tax return. Okay. Now, much has been said about how this budget is all about jobs and incentives to get people into work. So can we talk about those incentives for businesses to take on new employees? 
Yes, yeah, so employers will receive $200 for each eligible employee they hire aged between 16 and 29 years old, and they'll receive $100 a week for each eligible employee aged from 30 to 35. Now, to be eligible, the new employee will need to work a minimum of 20 hours a week, and that's averaged over the quarter, and they'll have to have received job seeker or youth allowance or parenting payment for at least one month in the last three months prior to the hiring. Also, employers must demonstrate that the new employee will increase overall headcount and payroll. Right, but how would employers prove that the new employee is an addition? The employer needs to show an increase both in the total employee headcount with reference from 30 September 2020. So that becomes a sort of the line. And you've got to show that you're increasing your employee headcount from that date. And they also have to show that the payroll of the business for the reporting period when they're making the new hiring has an increase compared to the three months going to 30 September 2020. Okay. Well, summing up, there's clearly a lot for business owners to consider as a result of this budget, isn't there? Yes, there are a range of other budget measures as well that relate to business, including R&D modifications. There's a couple I'll mention that I really like. One is the um, permanent abolition of fringe benefits tax on car parking for small and medium businesses. And good riddance, I say, that's a great change. And the other is that the Victorian government's business support grants that are paid between 13 September 2020 and 30 June 2021 will be treated as non-assessable, which is a great move. I expect that will be expanded to other states. But yes, you know, in summary, the budget provides measures to boost business confidence to go out and spend. But that spending may not be appropriate for all businesses. And so really business owners need to consider what's right for them. And that should involve a comprehensive strategic conversation with their business advisor. That was Mazar, superannuation and business advisory partner, Michael Jones. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more BE Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel.